going to um, this morning, and I have been for the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to wrangle you in to, um, yeah, that thing is a little wobbly. You got to spin it in there like a screw. Keep going. Keep going. Keep you good? Don't be distracted. <laughs> This is awesome. Thank you, buddy. Um, so I'm going to wrangle you in a little bit on my own, on my own journey here, okay? Um, and you may go, well, dude, that's not fair. Um, you, why do you get to do that, okay? <laughs> um, and, and the reason being is because I think it's something that um, every one of us is susceptible to. I don't think it's something that's just like a me thing that's wrestling with this, but I have really come to more and more of the conclusion, I think over the past year, uh, but even more so, I think over the past four weeks of really a, a, an addiction to performance-based theology of my performance-based discipleship. And, and, and let me kind of define that for you, okay? It's the idea of um, that, um, you know, you can work your way to get closer to God, that I can do certain things, I can perform in a certain way that will make God like me more. All right? Does that resonate with you at all? Do you ever think like, man, I, you know, I, that's why I think... Listen, these are the kind of things we've got to come together as a community to help one another overcome. It isn't just like a couple quiet times. That's what is becoming painfully obvious in my life. Now, this isn't a few quiet times. This isn't a great, you know, month of reading my Bible, and now all of a sudden I figured it out. This is actually injected into the DNA of pretty much everything we do, isn't it? I mean, everything we do in the world, everything we do in sports, everything we do at work, everything we do is... And in most cases, rightfully so, right, performance-based. You do want your doctor probably to maybe get some accolades and, and, and move up the chain if he performs better in the operating room, right? I mean, that's a good thing. I don't want grace-based surgery. I don't want, okay, I don't want that. I don't want them talking about a surgeon and going, listen, just cut him some slack, okay? <laughs> he doesn't do that good all the time. Okay, so understand, I'm not trying to get rid of all of this from our world, but I do see the detrimental effects spiritually. Okay, and here's the funny thing about this is I think I think for the last 20 years or so, I've been very comfortable with it being in my life because it's something that um, isn't um, I I don't feel shameful about. Right. I don't I'm not racked with guilt over. Okay, it's it's the subtle like I think now as a 45 year old guy, I think it's that subtle like, you know, you know, when your alignment in your car is off just like a tiny little bit. And then after 5000 miles, 10,000 miles, 15,000 miles, what happens to your tires? Do You notice them, right? Right. The tires are all worn out on a certain way. And you're going, well, man, why is that? Well, it wasn't just one revolution that did that. It was driving that way for miles and miles and miles, right? And you start, I feel it now. I mean, I feel the detrimental effects of this idea of, man, a a good day, God is happier. A bad day, God is less happy with you, right? Um, A great quiet time, God loves me more. And and so I I wrestle with this because I oftentimes have many of the same questions you probably have is, is, okay, but if I don't do that, But if I didn't, that's what gave me an edge, right? I mean, that's what makes me sharp spiritually. If I stop doing that, then what? Could you fill in the blank for me? If I stop doing that, or if you stop doing that, then what would happen to our lives spiritually? What is kind of the voice in your head? I want to see if it's maybe the same as the voice in my head, okay? What would you say, Patrick? Uh, 
stop becoming a disciple. I just start living however I want to live, and maybe Jesus is Lord, maybe he's not. Right. Maybe pet sins come back in, but yeah. grace is there. Right. And that's scary. Woo! Boy, it's exactly right. It's, dude, what will happen to you? Yeah. Right? A- absolutely. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, oh, motivation man. really be to make Jesus Lord, or will it be just to be doing well? I love that both of you answered back-to-back, okay? Because you answered the same thing, except Pat answered as a guy, <laughs> okay? He's just like, well, then I just kind of, everything's fine, okay? <laughs> just because, like, I might figure out that maybe I don't love Jesus the way I, I did, okay? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? We could have conflicting views of the same answer, um, which is, but it's true. Both are true, which is, wow, what would it say about me? What would I become? Um, it, you know, yeah, I mean, this stuff is really, I mean, it hits us deeply into places that become very scary for us as disciples. Yes. I think also, if we go to that place, somewhere in the back of my mind, I can't compare myself to other people. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, because part of this is, so some of the words I write down, like as I'm and again, this is one of those things I, I really feel like, you know what, this is like the equivalent of going to probably like an AA meeting. I, I feel like like discipleship needs to be more of that probably, you know, which is this idea of going, wow, man, this junk is so deep. It's kind of like Rich was talking about is there's behavioral stuff, you know, especially early on as a disciple, you figure out that's wrong. It makes me feel guilty. I'm going to stop that and I'm going to confess it and and all these things. This is one of those things where it's like, holy mackerel, this is like a root system. This is like, how does this change? Because I have conflicting voices in my head. I have this idea of going, hold on a minute. I can't do this. But if I stop doing this, am I going to become just this guy who just is totally lukewarm, who just excuses sin all the time? Right. And, and, and to your point, okay. One of the words I write down is, you know what? Part of the fuel of, of, of performance-based discipleship is comparativeness. Like, it's required. Like, I've got to have somebody who's better than me because that's how I show everyone that I'm humble. Because that per- if I was just like that person, let me hold that person up. And I'm not, if I could just sit at your feet, right? That, that kind of humility. But it also requires there has to be somebody that I see less than me because those are the people that make me feel better, right? And, and, and thank God that, that he doesn't like have our thoughts right up on the screen because that would get very uncomfortable, what? right? We'd look at Miss Linda's screen. You'd see me, right? Huh, Miss Linda? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. Alfredo, what you got? Right. Because I think, other than that, I would be relying on what I was telling myself. Yeah. I was telling God, or yeah. what I was telling other people. Right. What God is saying. Right. Instead of just sitting and just really listening. Hey, I'm God. I'm waiting on my orders. Tell me what to do. Right. Tell me where to go. Tell. Yeah. For sure. Because the truth of the matter is, is, is. Much of our DNA, in a very good way, comes from a kind of reaction to this kind of grace. Don't worry about how you live your life, 
right? I mean, it can't be. There, there was such, and really we still live in it in the U.S., in probably the whole world. But it, we, we came from a place that saw Christianity and was like, that's apathetic and lukewarm, and that's not discipleship, and that's not lordship. And so the, all of the good, sometimes the good can produce some things that are kind of a flat side, right? I mean, an a, a, a unintended consequence, right, of going, yeah, you want to know what? Let's look around the world and not be apathetic and not be lukewarm, and let's make sure Jesus is Lord, all right? But then over time, that slowly morphs into, man, don't just sit around doing nothing, right? I mean, come on, get, get to work, start doing things, and man, I can't believe that you just did that sin. You better really have a great week this week, you know what I mean? And, and it goes on and on and on, so there's just kind of a slow morphing here. Uh, but I really, I do, I want us as a group, I hope, I'm going to share with you some thoughts, okay? And, and really, more than anything, I want to deputize you guys to just get in your Bible about these things, and let's help each other, because I don't think I'm alone. I really don't think I'm alone with this. Um, actually, I'm really grateful to be here this morning for this lesson because this is something I struggle with, always have, still do. Um, and one of the things that trips me up is when you start to read scriptures a certain way, maybe misinterpret them, maybe not. And that's where I'm not even sure, am I reading this right? When you, yeah. when you read things and then the list ends, you know, if you live like this, you will not inherit. Right. Or, you know, yeah. bear fruit that will last. Right. And it's like, oh, God has expectations. Yes. I, I need to... Right. I need to hit the bar or it's you're done. Right. You know, there is no such thing as cheap grace. That's a false doctrine. We know right. that. But right. here's all these other verses that say I better get my junk yeah. together. That's right. Like, how do I interpret that? Absolutely. I think it comes back to what Jessica shared a second ago. I think it comes back to the root, to the deepest, darkest parts of the root of how do I really love Jesus? Yep. Like, is that all I'll be happy with? All right, and, and we talked about last week is that idea of it's very easy as disciples to, to pray for the will of God, but more than anything, we may pray for it, but it's like there's still that side of I'm getting something from it. Okay, so if you're a, you know, you might be thinking, man, okay, I need to bear fruit that lasts. Okay, God, please help me help somebody become a disciple. I'm going to make a disciple. Please help. And, and there is a very subtle underlying thought there of because that's going to make me look really spiritual. Right? Instead of this idea of going, Jesus, whatever you want, I just want you. Like, I want every part of you. I want every ounce of you in my life. I want, every, I want to be completely controlled by the Holy Spirit. I don't care what I get from that. That may lead me down a path of pain and suffering. But it, as long as you're there, that's what I want more than anything. Okay? This is, to me, this is what is like... The, the, the kind of the North Star for me as I'm learning is that idea of it all comes down to the heart of loving God. Is, is I hear God, Keith, do you really love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, okay? Now, don't mishear me on that, okay? Because here's the truth of the matter is, is I do think over the last 20, 21 years, there's been a maturing process, all right? I, I don't even know if I would have been able to understand this 17 years ago. I don't know if I would have been able to understand it 10 years ago. I think there's been a process, okay? So it's not that idea of, of you hearing this and going, oh, I must not really love God, and he doesn't love me, and that's the end of the story, okay? It is, is, there is a maturing process. We are in a process, right? And, and you may be very much on the beginning side of it. I still feel like I'm very much on the beginning side of it. We're, in, we're, we're starting in different places, okay? So if you're going, man, 
again, it's so easy to hear a message and go, oh, yeah, yeah, my performance isn't measuring up. So therefore, right, because we're addicts when it comes to performance, okay? But we have a lot of questions. Here's what I would love for you to start doing is start writing down questions like be the devil's advocate in this. I think we have to do that is, okay, if I did this, then do I just abandon all of God's expectations? All right, these are questions we have to answer. And going, how did he, how did he like, how was he the architect of this faith where he knew that we were going to have these wrestling matches, but I think we need to bring into the light the junk that Satan wants us to keep in the dark, right? Which is like, man, if, if the church became people who just kind of weren't performance-based anymore, then it'd just be like a bunch of self-focused people all sitting around staring at each other, okay? We've got to write that down and go, hold on, is that true though? Because everyone we do read about, the men and women we love and are inspired most aren't performance-based. They love God, okay? You go back, Joseph's like a classic one, right? Is, is, Is he's in jail. How can I do such a thing? Right? And we're like, that is awesome. See, that's not a behavior. That's not he's going, oh, man, I better get close to what can I say right now? I mean, what, what would be great to say? What would be a great behavior? He's just, it's just coming out of him, okay? The people we see, it's just, this is the word this past seven to ten days. It's just overflowing, okay? And I started thinking. I was like, well, you know what? It's, it's funny is you can't stop something from overflowing, okay? Now, I understand illustrations break down, okay? I get that there's not one perfect illustration because you may think to yourself, well, you know, if you had a big old hole in the bottom of the bucket, it wouldn't overflow. Yes, 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 I understand that. But I'm not talking about that illustration. (laughs) I'm talking about a different illustration. All right. Um, There is a truth that I read over and over again in the Bible, and it's this principle of overflowing. God talks about it. God says he overflows to us. He says he overflows to us, so we'll overflow to others. Right. Second Corinthians one is is classic for that. He's like, I'm going to my comfort is going to flow all over you so it can overflow from you into others. Okay, there's this principle. Hopefully we embrace is this principle of overflowing where you can't stop it. Right. Like I was going to bring a glass and have somebody hold it and just keep pouring water into it. But then I we really can't afford to replace the floors in the Madron Center. Right. Um, But just I want you to do that when you go home. Okay. is is. Put a cup on the carpet, get some Hawaiian punch, okay, <laughs> and just pour the entire pitcher into the cup. You can't stop it. It doesn't matter what happens. You can't stop it from overflowing. And so here's my train of thought. I'm, th- I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm going, okay, here's what's most natural to me. Comparison, competitiveness, reading the Bible through that filter, right? Reading the Bible through the filter of, beginning with a distance from God, meaning like, okay, like, man, I am truly sinful and I've got to start this day out and I've got to get myself close to God. Like, I've got to have a great quiet time to get close to God. I've got to have a great prayer time to get close to God. I've got to go out and start serving people so I can be close to God. That's a fuel, that's the fuel of performance is I've got to do something. God will honor me and love me more when he sees me do good things, okay? This is all the fuel here. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, you know what's interesting about that is that's what I fill myself up with. I mean, that's the very filter I read the Bible through. 
is this idea of like the starting point of reading my Bible is that. So the, the answer can't be just go read your Bible more because that's what I've been using for the fuel. Okay, now the answer isn't stop reading your Bible either. Okay, <laughs> Rich is going, so you're saying I don't have to have a quiet time. Okay, but, but the, here's the thing. It's, it's the idea of how I read it. Like the starting point is different, right? When I think of overflowing, I'm going, hold on a minute. If I'm starting my day out filling myself up with a great performance, we'll make God happier. My quiet time is already filling something up that you know what I'll end up doing is overflowing to everyone else. We can't stop whatever we're being filled with. I want you to think about that this week, okay? I want you to think about what we're being filled with will come out. And God talks about it in a number of different ways, okay? It's really fascinating. In Acts chapter 4, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. They were filled, and what came out? The word of God boldly, okay? Acts chapter 5, Ananias was filled with Satan. And what came out? Lies. All right? We can't not be overflowing with something. There There are things we have a finite amount And we can only fill so much into it. And there's going to be junk flow over. All right. And so there's a few things I'm going to do. All right. And I'd love for you to kind of, man, get your thing going too. But I'm I'm starting to go, hold on. I need to keep track of like what's coming out of me during a week. Like like really, isn't it easy? We give give ourselves a break, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Like isn't it easy to do that? Uh, to, to go, oh, no, 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 man, I'm, you know, whatever, whatever your thing is, okay? Um, there, there was a sister years ago, and, um, and man, I mean, I don't even know. If, gosh, she missed church all the time, like all the time. And then somebody came up and said, man, are you all right? You, you miss church a lot? She's like, I'll never miss church. Because in our mind, we don't like, you know, now if you were right down, go, oh my goodness, 75% of the time I'm not here. All right. But in most cases, we're like filling in the form for us. Like we're, we're curving our grade. It's just what we do. Even if you're a guilty soul, you're still curving your grade. All right. That's, that's what we do as humans. For us, we got, we've got to curve because, because even if you're guilty, that what, what guilt produces in us is pride to make ourselves not seem so bad as we feel. Okay, and so we've got to curve ourselves and go, no, 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 I'm not as bad at that. All right. Well, there's only one way I know is, well, I, let me let me say there's two ways. Okay, and let's do this is I've got to take an inventory of, hey, what, what's coming out of me? What's coming out of my life as far as behavior, as far as words and how I'm treating people and like really being diligent. Like, let me keep a track of let me keep track of this. Okay. Have you ever been on a diet and they have you keep a food diary? You ever done that and you look and you're like, oh my goodness, how did I eat all that food? How, how can you have that many Hershey bars in one day? I thought I only had one. No, you had 12. Okay. Right, I forgot about those other 11. Those, those didn't count, right? But we, here's the truth. And I, listen, I'm just saying, I, I, I'm, I'm good at curving myself. I'm good at deceiving myself. And until I get it down to where I can see it, I'm, I'm, I'm deceived in most cases on what's coming out, all right? And then there's a second way, okay, is the idea of, you know what we've got to do is, is we've got to empower the people around us to talk to us about what they see coming out, all right? That, it just has to happen. Like, like, hopefully you have some brothers and sisters in your life that they don't need you to tell them it's okay to talk to you, 
But there are people in your life that it will require you to go, listen, it's okay for you to talk to me about this stuff. Okay? Let's make sure that's happening. Okay? Because we can be super deceived. I'm reading here in Luke chapter 6. You can turn over there if you want. Um, Luke chapter 6. Um, and we're going to probably dig this entire section out uh, pretty soon. But, but um, th- this is really what stuck out to me this week in verse 45. Says a good man produces good out of the good storeroom of his heart, and I'm like, wow, okay, you kind of simplified my problem here. He says he does good things. There's a produce that happens from within. Okay, but but he goes on and he says an evil man produces evil out of the evil storeroom, for his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. So I want you to think about it. And you know what's a beautiful thing about this? It doesn't matter how old you are. All right? You could be the oldest person in the room, or you can be the youngest person in the room. You could be the kids. You could be the fourth graders and the fifth graders and the sixth graders. You want to know what we all have in common? We're overflowing things in our life. All right? And hopefully it's not the toilet. That's what we don't want to do, okay? But we all are. I mean, everyone in here could go, hey, help me do this. Let me ask you guys this question. Have your parents ever said to you um, something like they've accused you of talking back to them and you have thought, no way? Has that ever happened? Riley, has that ever happened to y'all? And and you're like, there's no way that could have happened. Okay. Do you think there's any chance at all that you could be wrong? That what flowed out of you actually was talking back and disrespectful, but you didn't understand it. Is there any possibility for that? Don't shake your head, little girl. <laughs> okay? But it, this is my point. And every one of us has done this. As, remember, as kids, your parents might have said something to you, but I didn't say that. I didn't come across that way. And we've got to learn as disciples, we can take that into our lives as disciples. Instead of going, no, 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 mate, you don't know what? I, there's a, probably a good chance I did come across that way if you're telling me that, okay? And so we've got to just, there's so much to this right here. But anyway, I was just thinking about that of like, okay, I've got to focus on what's flowing out of me. This is different than behavior management, right? Behavior management is like, okay, I am savvy enough to know what's going to come out of me. And I'll change it before it comes out. Do you know how to do that? Oh, come on, Linda. No, I give you a break plenty, Linda. (laughs) Yes, we do. It's kind of like if you, here's the heart. And here it comes. It's about to overflow. It's almost like right in our throat, we have like a filter that can like transform it into, okay, you know what's coming out. It's like a filtration system. All right. And it's like all this junk might be coming out, but we've been around long enough to filter it out. So it comes out different. Have you ever done that before? Right. Okay. That's what I'm saying is, is see, we, we got issues, right? I don't even Miss Linda does. Okay. Is, 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 is this idea of going, okay. Um, so, so is the answer then to just kind of like, just let it out. <laughs> Maybe appropriately you need to do that. Right. But you've got to like examine, okay. How often is that happening? Is it a learned behavior? Like how, how trained have me and you become to maybe where we don't even notice it? I feel like I'm there, right? Is this idea of 
wow, now I know what behavior needs to happen. I know what words need to be said. I know how to say them. I know the, the lingo to use. But there's an awful lot of time, there's a whole lot of junk in my heart that that has to go through this filter, and then I modify the behavior. What I'm reading in the Bible is, no, 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 no. Dude, get your heart changed, and then you don't need that filter anymore. Now, now, listen, there's probably a chance you still need that filter at some point. I mean, all right, filters do good things sometimes, okay? But you understand what I'm talking about here is this idea of, man, I've got to really start deconstructing a lot of who I am as a disciple, right? Um, turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm just going to highlight a few quick verses here. Um, and hopefully it's something that can kind of just get the ball rolling in your quiet times and in your devotional life and all of these kind of things. The, the, the words that I've been kind of really kind of digging out is overflow, overflowing, overflows, like all of those, but also filled, full of, right? The Bible talks about you are full of, and it's not always good things, right? And here's the other thing about it is, is, is it's very hard to will my way into having just a godly, righteous heart. Like, I'm just going to will my way to this. Is, is Jesus literally said, no, my Holy Spirit will do it. Okay? And so that brings up a whole other question that quite honestly frustrates me, okay? It brings up a whole other question of, dude, then you know what that means? You, you, are, you are resisting the Holy Spirit. Like, you're holding the Holy Spirit back. If, if your heart isn't, like, softening up to a place that what comes out is godly, is what God wants, is what Jesus wants, right? First Thessalonians 3, uh, verse 12, I love this part, and it, it'll make some of you guys, I know a couple of you guys do some mental gymnastics here. And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another, and for everyone, just as we also do for you. I, I love that he says this, and you know, I just cherry-picked this right out of Thessalonians, right? But he uses a word, you know, Rich used that word elect this morning, and that, that, that to some of you guys is like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he used that word <laughs> in front of us. But it's a good word. It's a Bible word, right? Um, but this is one of those ones. I pray that God causes you to overflow, right? Tell me a little bit about, uh, okay, now you may just go, I get that. That's awesome, okay? I think about that, and I go, Kind of like I think what Alfreda was saying, too, is, is so I just need to sit back and wait for him to cause me to do something? I, I just need to sit there until I feel like doing something? That's what goes through my mind. When I read that, I'm like, uh, and Paul writes it, I'm like, really? Paul, were you really an apostle? <laughs> like, clearly no one today would write that line. <laughs> okay? Clearly you were apathetic. You were all about cheap grace, right? No! But, but I read that, and I'm going, I, you know, when Paul says, the God that God will cause you to overflow. And I go, okay, so what I'm supposed to do is just like sit around and wait until I feel like it. Except that's really interesting is that's not even what cause means. All right? The, the, the better understanding of this word really is, um, is, is number one, um, to cause. There can be a lot of things. Like I, can, um, I could cook you a meal of chicken that could cause you to get very sick. All right, it, it has the ability to cause you to do something. All right, um, I could I could I could have certain things that will that could cause something. All right, well here's the deal: is what are the things? How could God cause us to 
to overflow with love for others. Like, how could that, what, 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 what kind of like elements and what kind of like tricks of the trade and tools does he use that, if used, will cause that? What are those things? Somebody else, even children. We, we are children. We, we are all children of God, and we have to show the example of how we treat the children. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. What else would you say? Right, huh? I mean, I mean, here's the thing: is 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 Jesus is like, listen, I got something that's going to cause you to overflow. Okay, but you see the fine line we're walking right here is going. Oh, but 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 if I pray, isn't that performance, right? See, this is where we have to start deconstruction. Is because the the reason why we do it matters, right? If it's that if it's the idea of him going, hey man, listen, I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to give you all the all the ammunition to pray. I'm going to give you all the reasons why you should pray. I'm going to tell you why you can trust in prayer. And buddy, this will fill you to overflowing, right? Okay. Performance is when I pray, God will like me. All right. Faithfulness is, you want to know what? No, 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 man. He equipped me with something that will overflow in my life. Those are two very, they may seem very subtle, but they have very different responses in our own spirit, okay? All right? So what else would God have that he would go, this will cause you to overflow? Uh, My first thought was Jesus. Giving us Jesus and the mercy he showed us through that, I mean, that should cause us to be merciful, cause us to overflow with that. The gospel. It's, it's this idea that God would send his son and, and, and take a substitutionary position with us, which, which is so hard to understand. But the deeper we understand it, this idea of, again, hopefully we never get to that place where you actually are on trial, where it looks like you are going to jail for the rest of your life or worse or the death penalty or something. And then to have somebody swoop in and go, no, 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 I'll take that. You're free. OK, is that's that right there. The cause is overflowing with joy. That's what is built to cause inside of us. Okay? So as you can tell, these are things that we don't, we're not sitting back on our hands just waiting for God to create a feeling. All right? These are very tangible things. What else would you say, right? Or either, either one of the Jones family. <laughs> And, and you know what's funny is, is we're not even talking about necessarily any emotion. We're talking about, like, there may be different things. Like, like India's saying, man, it's music. As Jody shared, he may go, well, it's not that for me. It's something else. And it's not, it's not waiting on an emotion. It's actually like, no, no, no like, my spirit is full. Like, what, what's coming out, what's, what's caused to come out is gratitude and praise and all of these things that we read about. And hopefully you read about them, too, because there's a lot of good stuff about what we can overflow with, but praises, thanksgiving, 
right? All kinds of, of amazing things. So we're not, again, we're not trying to, to like um, manufacture an emotion, right? It, it really is this idea of buying into the, the world. It, we are being filled, okay? And what we spend the majority of our time listening to and looking at and talking about tends to be the things that fill us up. That, that's the interesting thing about, you know, even the idea of the advent of binge watching. I mean, to think that we wouldn't be influenced by something, that we were to spend hours, I don't even know, like 8, 10, 12, 14 hours watching to think that, no, that's not affecting me. That would go completely against the principle because I think that if we were to go, hold on a minute, all I'm going to do is fill myself with, with the righteousness of Jesus, the word of God, prayer, brothers and sisters that are encouraging me and I'm encouraging them and sharing the gospel and living the gospel. I think if you were to go for the next 14 hours, that's all I'm doing. I'm not complaining. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that stuff. I think we would go, dude, I have been affected. All right. But the truth is, is we have all kinds of entertainment that fills us already, huh? It's kind of like, man, if, if you wake up in the morning, your cup's already like three quarters of the way full with the world. You know, it, it's going to be hard to really be full of the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, there's there's a ton of good stuff here. Um, I had a bunch of notes. I, I'm, I'm not going to go into all of these, but I, but I do want I, I really would. I would love for you. You may go, Keith, I'm doing my quiet times on something else. I don't have time for all this. I'm trying to be better than Alex. <laughs> all right. If that dude catches me, I'm going to look like a, a nimwit in the church, you know. All right. All uh, right. I'm just saying that let, let's dig into this and talk about it because here's the deal is, is, is there's going to be a lot of things like that come out um, like churned up from the depths that we've got to talk about because here's the truth that I know for sure is a relationship-based, a gospel-based discipleship is what helps me and you understand. You know, when Paul says, when, when, when Paul says man, I work, I work harder than all of them but not me, the grace of God, you know, where he talks about even asking for prayers that he wrestles with the energy of God inside of him, okay? There's no way to understand those concepts in the matrix of a performance-based discipleship model. That There's no way, okay? And so that's what I know for sure is when it's gospel-based, when it's relationship-based, is there is, there is life that, we're meant to be maturing into, all right? There is, there's the Holy Spirit that, that, that we're going to stop resisting, and I'm going to stop resisting, right? Um, and, and the one thing that reminds me more than anything is that I have to start each day reminding myself of this, okay? And I know this is weirdly, um, I, I don't know, this, this, is, this is a weirdly controversial statement, okay? And I, and I said it about a year ago. Um, there's nothing you can do, all right? There isn't anything you can do right now. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you have done that can make him love you less. Okay, that's a very, and and again, like I said before, you got to go and ponder that. I'll give you a hint. That has everything to do with the cross of Jesus. That has everything to do. Like, there actually is no debating that sentence. Like, you, there isn't anything you can do to make the cross go away, okay? Now, you may need to respond to Jesus, 
Okay, you, you may need to go, oh, man, I've never surrendered to him as Lord. I've never submitted to him as Lord. Well, li- listen, don't get in your mind that you're close to him. All right? You haven't been engaged to him yet. All right? So, I mean, there, certainly there are, there are things that you've got to figure out in your life. Man, I've never made him Lord. Like, I've never even considered his word. I've never thought about surrendering anything. I've never thought about denying myself. Well, don't fool yourself into thinking you're close to him. Okay, because we come in contact with the blood of Jesus and that's what brings us close. Okay, that's what's so important. But if you've done that, if you have made him Lord, you've repented and were baptized and raised again to new life. We have to remind ourselves every second of every day. I can't get any closer than I am right now. That's the only thing that's going to break hold of performance based discipleship is that idea of I can't do anything to make him love me more. Okay, and there isn't anything I've done that can make him love me less. Like this is so close. Like I, my goal isn't to get him to like me. My goal is in obedience, in sharing the gospel, in loving my brothers, in teaching and admonishing one another. I start from the point of we're already close to God. That's why we're doing it. That is so different. Okay. And, and even in kind of that one another thing, you know, I mean, there, there's kind of that dark side that we've learned, too, which is like, man, if I really lay it on someone, if I really rebuke the tar out of someone, I feel like I've done the work of God. But, but see the difference in performance-based theology? If I rebuke somebody to get closer to God, to feel better than someone else, do you realize what I can justify in my behavior and how to treat people? I can treat you however I want to treat you because I have the word of God at my back. That's performance-based theology. That's not okay. Grace, gospel, relationship-based discipleship is Ryan's close, I'm close. Man, this, God tells me in this point, man, this requires maybe rebuke, admonishment, teaching. The natural outpouring will be gentle, merciful, graceful, and truthful. See the difference in that we treat each other different even. Okay, there's a ton to this. We're going to keep digging into it, but I want to finish up with that. Um, And please go uh, study, um, question me on it, ask me about it. You know, maybe you heard this and you're like, dude, you are so far off the tracks. Then come and tell me, please. Okay, I mean, this isn't like I'm not throwing this out here as the authority. But like I said, I wrangled you all into my own journey. Okay, but I hope it's yours.